Hello and Happy New Year to everybody. I know it's been a little bit since I've posted, but um, today I'm going to talk about my new medication that I'm switching to. Uh, up until about a week ago, I was on two different medications. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, pardon me. Um, I was on two different medications for antidepressant. And I was on one medication for sleep. I was on escitalopram, which is also known by its brand name as Lexapro. And I was on uh, bupropion extended release, which is also known as um, Wellbutrin. And I was also on lorazepam. Now, unfortunately, with depression and anxiety and a lot of different illnesses, just one pill isn't going to do the trick. In fact, a lot of people spend many years trying to get the correct dosage and cocktail of medications for their mental illness, only to have to switch it all up again because either it doesn't work, they become they become um, t tolerant to it, or something of that form. So recently, um, I have been experiencing more of my night terrors. That I usually go through. And when I was with my therapist and my psychiatrist, they had upped my lorazepam so that I could sleep better. And instead of just having lorazepam occasionally when having an anxiety attack, the whole point of it was to have it completely in my body. So there was a baseline of the lorazepam in my system to keep me calm. So that worked until it didn't. It took about a month and a half before I started having more night terrors again. And right before I wound up having to leave my therapist, because I no longer live in Chicago, uh, they had changed, uh, they, they had already given me the extra lorazepam, but it wasn't working. So I got in touch with my general practitioner who works with me for my pain as well as my GI and whatnot, and we had discussed a while back about switching some different medications around. And after we discussed possibilities, we thought about using Cymbalta, but she decided to go a different route, which was a very common drug known as amitriptyline, also known as Lavella or something like that, Elava, something like that, uh, or its brand name. I don't really pay much attention to the brand names. I'm terrible like that. And the whole point of this drug is pain management, but it's also essentially a sedative. So I've been trying to figure out how to take it without being too groggy in the mornings. Uh, I've noticed I have about a two hour window after I've taken it before I need to go to bed because otherwise I am completely and utterly exhausted and unable to really say anything because the medication starts to work that well. Now, I'm only at a very low dosage because people with severe depression have used this medication on high dosages. I'm only on 10 milligrams for it. But more importantly, we figured that I was I had built up a tolerance to the acetalopram. So I've been weaning myself off of that. And honestly, of all of the different antidepressants, this one seems to be the easiest for me to wean off of. When I, when I go without my bill... When I go without my Wellbutrin for three to four days, 
uh, withdrawal sets in, and suddenly I have little metal spikes growing behind my eyeball. And obviously it's withdrawal, so you know the only thing you can do really is to, fi to fix that is to continue taking your medication. So with the acetalopram, I've noticed my body's fighting back a little bit, but not as badly as it could be. I've not had any headaches, which is one of the uh, counteractions for the medication. It's supposed to help with headaches. Supposed to help with internal and generalized nerve pain. It's a neurological targeter. Uh, and it's supposed to also help with, uh, the, so it's the depression, the pain, and um, physical pain and neurological pain as well. So it's attacking, or not attacking, it's, con it's targeting the muscles in my system, which are what really are causing the problems. I have what's known as a muscle wall. And it's everyone who has some sort of trauma will build up this physical wall in their body where their muscles are just constantly firing to keep you ready. And what it does is it tests, and in a normal situation of fight or flight, that's great. But when this is a constant thing for you, you build up literally this cement type musculature that is very difficult to get to get past in order to mus in order to massage or even just to be able to tell the different muscles you you just start to basically create a shell which is how it's been referred to when discussing PTSD and the side effects were pretty common um you might get diarrhea you might have dry mouth You'll get dizzy, or you'll, you might be dizzy occasionally. You might be sleepy, and none of those were an issue for me because metformin does wonders for the GI, and um, I'm unbalanced to begin with, so I'm used to having to, to steady myself. And one of the random side effects was that it would cause bladder retention. Now, sorry for anybody who's got a little too TMI level here. I have no line when it comes to this, so prep. Um, I have what's known as incontinence. Incontinence is literally the inability to hold your urine, and it stems partially from uh, the trauma that I underwent as a child, but it also stems from um, physical issues as well. So I've dealt with this my entire life, including as a teenager, before I even knew what it was. I just thought I couldn't hold my bladder. And I've had incontinence problems my entire life. Funny enough, this medication has actually stopped me from being able to pee as often, which isn't a bad thing in my case, because the only reason I have to go so constantly is because my bladder won't chill the fuck out. It, it freaks out even when there's a little bit of liquid or if there's not enough liquid. And to be honest, if you ever have had a UTI um, or if you've ever had a bladder infection, that's how it feels. It's just completely painful all the time when you're having those issues. And this medication, amitriptyline, actually has forced my bladder to stop going as often. So... I can work <laughs> and not have to take five or six different breaks like I usually do, which is great. Um, 
I'm really tired of having to run to the washroom five or six times within an hour. <laughs> it's, uh, it's never a fun thing. But in terms of emotional, I can tell my body and my mind are fighting back from it. I've had one or two night terrors in the last two weeks, which is an improvement considering I was having one to three a night. And I can feel it slightly working with my joints. I feel it's a little easier to get out of certain chairs in, in my home. And it's stopped the migraines. I've experienced maybe one or two in the last two weeks. And honestly, I'm really looking forward to not constantly having migraines and headaches and pain of some form in the back of my skull. But now I have to go through weaning off the escitalopram again. Every two weeks I have to I have to wean off the medication a little bit better. So the first two weeks it was half of a pill. Now come Tuesday, it's going to be every other day as half of a pill and so forth and so on. And every two weeks until I'm weaned off of it completely, we spread out the medications and go from there. And it's going to be interesting to see because I, I noticed a couple of issues when I first started cutting the medications in half. And I expect it to continue with this one. Although I don't think the reactions will be so large, for lack of better words, a, a fucking temper tantrum in the, in the physical body. Um, it gave me a pain fit on... Wednesday, so I missed my belly dancing. Mostly, as I, I joked at one point, it's like, oh, change my neurosynaptic balance, will you? Well, let's deal with this then, and just gave me pain everywhere, so <laughs> clearly my mind is trying to fight back. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to explain to the brain that is actually thinking to begin with that I'm so sorry you hate this, but it's for your own good. <laughs> so, Hopefully the weaning of the medication continues. Um, as always, I appreciate everybody who's continued listening. I uh, found it interesting that the one about my ex was the, is the most listened to of all the audios, but go figure. I'll probably do another one about him eventually. Uh, next post I'd like to do is to discuss the PCOS in itself, because I realize I've talked about that constantly, and I haven't actually taken the time to discuss what PCOS actually is to people who are listening and not just the basic, well, you know, it's, you've got stuff on your ovaries or whatnot. You've got a cyst on your ovaries. It's so much more in depth than that. The, the, the long-term effects that occur thanks to my father not getting me help are very, very terrifying. And hopefully the next, uh, next post I do will help somebody to figure out if they have it or if they know they have it to go and get help because it's a really fucking scary disease. Anyway, man. All right. So I will see you all next for, for my next post. And as always, thank you for listening.